0: welcome back to another episode of consciously clueless the podcast that teaches you how to live a healthier lifestyle that makes you and the planet happier the world is changing quickly sometimes it feels like you can't keep up i hear you you want to make the world a better place you care but you don't know where to start you know taking care of yourself is important, but how? I get it. I have a history of diving into a new endeavor seeking perfection and quickly feeling like I failed. Whether it was going vegan or learning how to recycle more, I wish I had guidance to keep me on track and not overwhelmed. I can't lie, the world needs your help. But it doesn't need you to be perfect. This podcast is here to help. Here we go. Today I'm talking with activist and model Lindsay Coffey. Where are you feeling right now on the
1: spectrum from cluelessness to consciousness, whatever that looks like for you? Oh my goodness. So just in terms of consciousness, even outside of really our discussion today, my consciousness has elevated to such a degree, especially from last November, because I had gone on a very spiritual and healing journey. And I've always been a very self-aware person, hyper-aware, almost to a fault, Mm -hmm. but this is just a different type of awareness a different type of consciousness where i'm honestly breaking myself down to the fundamentals not even of being a human of just existing so i want to say i'm very conscious and of course there are days where i'm more conscious than not and it's but it's a constant work like you're constantly working on yourself so you just kind of bring yourself back into that state of peace and calmness to like to that consciousness yeah but what about you? I am feeling a lot more conscious and
0: connected this week, this past week-ish than I was for a couple of weeks there. I had some like grief and some loss and just some kind of things fall all at the same time a little bit for a couple of weeks there. And I was just feeling pretty beat down. And in the last week, I can feel like that kind of fog lifting and getting back to myself and getting back to like my routines that help and all the good things that make me feel better.
1: That's very good to hear, especially coming from that feeling of grief. Mm -hmm. That's one of the worst emotions that we can feel, but it's also, you know, melancholy where I also had someone that was going through grief due to a loss and it was the, the best way to experience the greatest love is also knowing that you're going to have to experience the greatest loss with it. I'm sorry, whatever that may be. So I'm, but I am very glad to hear that you are connected though in this moment. I appreciate that. Thank you. I was just thinking, could
0: you imagine if you asked me that? And I was like, honestly, I'm feeling (laughs) clueless right now. Don't even know why I'm doing this interview.
1: (laughs) Not even consciously clueless, just clueless. And I'm I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah.
1: But then that would be better though than the whole, you know, typical exchange. One of the worst questions is how are you? But you expect the answer. Oh, I'm fine. And then whenever somebody actually tells you though, you're just like, you're taken off guard because you're like, so used that's to that. What I meant. <laughs> yeah. You're so used to it. And it's so funny because people from abroad, they don't 100%. understand that it's just like really a rhetorical question, but I actually don't like the question because I don't want it to be rhetorical. Yeah. I want to know how you are hundred percent. So you have the Eco Branders
0: name behind you on your Zoom screen. I love that. I
1: <laughs> Beautiful. Let's start there about your work with Eco Branders and what that looks like. So Eco Branders was founded in 2007 by Stacy Matheson. She's the CEO and the founder and she basically in some Eco Branders is a distributor focusing on promotional products and custom merchandise, but created in a sustainable and eco-friendly and conscious manner. So they're completely amazing. Stacey created it really out of nothing and became one of the first in the United States to just build this type of business. And really her love for nature is what kind of put her on this path. And she wanted to Make a change in the industry that she also grew up in. Her father was also part of the distrib- distribution company and industry. And there's so much waste that goes on in just promotional products and brand and merchandise. And having these conscious companies being able to shift the industry, right? You know, it's just it's inspiring. And myself being an environmental activist and just a nature enthusiast, I just completely align with her values and eco branders values and their mission. So I think they're an incredible company.
0: That's so cool to have a passion and be able to work in yeah. that realm. Right. Cause that doesn't always align for everyone in our late stage capitalist world, you get to work at the thing you love. So where did that passion and love for you come from for the environment? What be- made you become an activist?
1: Oh gosh. So there is, it's kind of twofold. I did grow up in the country in Pennsylvania, more cows than people, like literally my neighbors were cows and I'm not like being mean. They were literal cows. <laughs> like like I, That's I, not what we call the Smiths. It's no, or- yes, not the Smiths. These were actual cows. <laughs> and I just grew up surrounded by, you know, animals, nature. We also had so many pets and I had horses around me. I yeah. had dogs around me. I had even turtles. One time a, a turtle came, ended up in our yeah driveway one day before school. And I think it was a snapping turtle. And those aren't like indigenous to that region. I so was I'm going to say,
0: where like, the heck did that thing come from? Like, yeah.
1: Where is this like a Madagascar movie right now? Did somebody come up and sneak out of a zoo? I don't know. But just always outdoors, just surrounded by life. And I always had such an emotional connection to it, even when I wasn't aware that connection existed and it was my emotional outlet. So anytime I was in distress, I felt uneasy. I would just always go outside. It's not like I'm like, oh, this is great for my mental health, which it is. I did, but I didn't think of that. I was just like, I want to go outside. And it's, I so relate. I so relate.
0: I grew up in Northern Minnesota. We didn't have anything else to freaking do.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's also another reason why I was also outside all the time. There's literally nothing to do inside. Guess, oh, yeah. it's also because it
0: was like helpful.
1: Yeah, it was no, but it's so helpful. And of course we know exactly how helpful it is today, but back then I would just want to, it's just brought me peace and right. I, was, I cared about it. Oh, and I also, even at a young age, 11, 12, I adopted a highway. So I would spend my weekends picking up trash on the side of the road because I thought that was fun. Bless <laughs> well, your heart. <laughs> but yeah. And it was just, I had that highway for the longest time. I actually will say one of my regrets was giving it up whenever I did kind of move away. And I felt I was going to say, you don't still have it. I oh, know, I know. It's so devastating. I, I do regret that because I still go back to my hometown. So I should have just kept right. it, you know? Out, but I was like, oh, I can't give it the love it deserves. It's going to go off to someone fair better. Fair
0: enough. Fair you enough. Know?
1: It was your heart was in the right place. It was in the right place. But fast forward, no one has readopted that highway. So I'm like this whole time, no one did anything about it. And I could have still helped. <laughs> like I could have done something. Yeah. And But yeah, even more fast forward. Uh, I've been modeling for over a decade now. I've done that full time. So it's just consumed my life. It was a blessing though, where I was able to travel the world, which is something I always wanted to do when I saw so many different environments, cultures, traditions, and I fell in love with it even more. And the beauty of this planet, for those who haven't yet seen it, it's just absolutely amazing and breathtaking. And it makes you feel so small, but also realize what the true important things are in life. And Seeing all of this beauty, I also witnessed a lot of the devastation as well. And I also lived through a few natural disasters and I knew after a certain point I had to do something about it, but I didn't know how to start. But I knew there was something that had to be done. And then I just kind of got into it. It's a longer story. There was a lot of sacrifice and risk, but it, it you can it, share it, as much or as little as you want. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. And I had I went through a lot of even confidence issues because you know growing up from a town no one's heard of in the middle of nowhere with my neighbors being cows G- gorgeous cows though love them <laughs> yeah and and i was a model and of course i did go to school i was supposed to be an attorney but i ended up leaving the program the law program and just focusing on modeling uh, so i did graduate with a ba in political science but still i wasn't educated in environmental science or environmental right. studies and i'm just i didn't feel like i was going to be taken seriously who's this model from a town no one's ever heard of. No one's even heard of her. Like she, she's underqualified. So I had to go through this whole transformative journey of just finding myself and my voice within myself. And that also brought me into this whole Miss Earth competition that I ended up being the first American to ever win, which is actually really crazy. And I competed against 82 different countries. It was a lot. Yeah. And that loyalty Hello. Yes, I am the queen. Hello. (laughs) But I I definitely went on a journey and that journey specifically did really bring a lot of confidence to light and show me my potential and that I am qualified. I do have something to say and I am capable. So it was crazy, but it all worked out in the end.
0: Yeah, because my first thought, right, when we're operating out of stereotypes, which are, I think, first reactions often we are, you think of the modeling industry and then you think of environmental activism and you don't see them overlapping again, operating out of stereotypes, not saying they can't or that they shouldn't. But how did you kind of start to reconcile that? I imagine there's a lot of waste in the modeling industry. And then you like start learning about the environment and you're like, shit.
1: Oh, gosh, yes. And that was another reason just my industry in general was another reason as to why i also added a little bit more i kind of expanded my advocacy even not just in terms of environmentalism but even in terms of humanitarian efforts where yes the fast fashion industry manufacturing industry in general is so harmful to our environment has it's such a significant impact and it's astonishing how little consumers really know about it and being a model being the face of companies where i'm almost promoting overconsumption and materialism i just felt like a hypocrite at one point sure. and it really tore at me because i do model for several reasons i really do love the artistic creative aspect of it it is an amazing also way to see the world all that stuff but also it is still just a job mm-hmm. i'm not the one you know, not regulating the manufacturing companies abroad that are just making hazardous working conditions and not paying their workers. That's not me. I'm not really even in any type of aspect in that industry where it's related to the manufacturing, the distribution, or anything to that extent. So that's still not me, but I felt so hypocritical in the fact that I was still playing a part in it by just being there and promoting, like you said. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, it is a job that does, you know, put a roof over my head. It does pay the bills and there is such a beauty in it. The other side of it that I really do love and appreciate. It's not necessarily about me saying, okay, I, I accept what they're doing and I'm turning the other cheek. So what I'm doing now is, okay, I will work my job. But if there is something that I do disagree with, now I do have the confidence to be able to say something about it and use my voice to share that with my followers on my platform to be able to join with other organizations to try and change the industry, even though I am a part of it. So I definitely went through a journey of try of growth being from am I a hypocrite? or how can I make my feel myself feel less of a hypocrite? And that's by through my activism, where, okay, yeah. I'm also advocating for the environmental impact of these industries. And I'm also now currently advocating for the humanitarian efforts along with it, where I want to secure those worker rights. I want to make sure that they have a fair wage whenever they're getting paid. I want to make sure that they have ethical working labor hours, and they're able to, Uh, provide for their families, provide for themselves. So it's about really what I do outside of that job than just being in it. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think what you're definitely pointing out is
0: that inability to be perfect in an imperfect world. And when you learn about animal agriculture industry and fast fashion and all these things, you're like, oh my God, we have to do something. And if I don't do everything right now, the world will explode. And then you kind of have to step back and be like, okay, I am one piece. Here's what I can do. I can't do it all. And that's a hard thing also to accept.
1: Yeah, it is. And, but we have to remember we are human. We do have to play this game that society has created. And it's not always about being perfect and making the right choice. It's just about making the better choice of the two. So right. it's about choosing the less of two evils, as they say. Yeah, and the least harm. Yeah. So there are always options. No matter what in life, you always do have a choice and there is an option. And you have the power to determine whether that, op- that option will have a positive or negative consequence. Right. It's just all up to you being conscious Mm -hmm. about the world and how it functions around you. I want to circle back to something you said
0: talking about eco branders. And because I feel like a theme right now, like we're talking about stuff, right? With sustainability, it's a lot about stuff. And you made the comment about the, how much waste there is with promotional stuff. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because we're all coming to the game at different times and things sink in at different levels. I was like, all into sustainability and blah, 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 blah. And then I saw a post about that maybe a year or two ago. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. So much free stuff's given away that goes in the garbage. Like it's so really like it was another level of, oh my gosh,
1: what are we doing? And that's the thing. I had the exact same reaction because. It's something that's just not, you're not conscious about it. It's not something, it's so habitual and like almost expected in a way where it's just mindless. And I had never thought about it before until working with eco branders. And even just in general, promotional merchandise and uh, branded merch is literally everything. Just even like Louis Vuitton, it's still promotional merchandise because everyone who wears it is a walking billboard. So it's just everything in our life is this just branded promotional stuff that goes through our hands mindlessly. And we're even now talking about the things that we get, like the swag bags, we get at like conferences, or if you go to a seminar and you get like a free t-shirt or a sticker, even like people love passing on stickers or even a brochure on the side of the road, somebody hands you, you walk two blocks and you throw it in the garbage. That was yep. such a waste. What was the purpose of that? You didn't even read it. So yep. there's so many things that come to us so mindlessly that we just take it because it's just, a, it's a habit. Mm. And knowing just, if you can just sit still and recognize How much comes in and out of your life so quickly that you don't even really give it a thought. And when I sat down and really kind of thought about it, I'm like, oh my goodness, everybody out there is always doing something to push and promote something. And it just passes through so many hands directly into a garbage can. And it's just about being mindful in those moments and like asking yourself, okay, would I actually truly use this, whatever they're giving me? Would I actually keep it? If I had my own money to spend on it, would oh, I buy this? It? Yeah. So it's just all this free stuff. We think it's fun because, oh, it's free. And sometimes people even feel not as fulfilled leaving like a convention or something without a swag bag or free goodies and stuff. But I'm it's like, almost like we think of free stuff as no consequences anywhere. We're like, this just kind of gets to be, it's. Yeah. Then. but they all come from somewhere and they're all typically s- sourced very unethically. They do not, they are not it's regulated. Plastic. It's complete. It's all plat. all plastic. Mm. And there are more so than not, alternatives to being able right. to you know, make those products. But because these people that are just pushing these promotional products out on you, all they're thinking about is quantity, not quality. Yeah. So as a consumer, by taking uh, or by refusing this stuff, it also gives these companies a chance to you know, buy better, but buy less and get into the right hands that actually want it, that's going to utilize it, that it's going to stay with them. Because also it's a loss of money on their part as well. I was it's- just
0: going to say, what a waste of money it's to waste. have products it's- with your name on it that are trashed.
1: It's a waste of everything, a waste of time, effort, money, resources, like a waste of space. So yeah. why <laughs> don't you just put a little bit extra money into the quality of that product and have it go to somebody that actually wants it. Have that consumer stop and think, is this something that I actually genuinely want and take it? That's actually going to mean something to them and they're going to utilize it. And it's going to be a part of their life where they're going to see your beautiful, amazing company or whatever it may be on that product rather than walking past a trash can and seeing it in there. What does that say about your company instead? Yeah. (laughs) And also how many pens can you need? They don't even work whenever you get them. There's no ink in them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A I feel like, again, our conversation has been on stuff, right? And I think it's so interesting to think about how many times we're like interacting with things. Or I remember reading this st- statistic about how much time we spend just like moving our shit around and organizing our stuff.
1: Just, oh, interesting. Uh, Wait, how, how much time do we just organize? Was, our- as soon as you asked me, I was like, I don't have a number.
0: But I remember it being surprising enough to me for me to be like, oh, yeah, if we have more stuff, we just have to spend more time dealing with the stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What is this attachment to things that we have? Where do you think that comes from? Hey there, it's me. If you're digging this conversation so far around conscious living in this episode, and you're feeling inspired to make change? That's literally why I'm here. If you want sustainable ways to be sustainable, you hear eco-friendly or green and wonder if you're doing it right, you want to make your diet more earth-friendly by going vegan, you want to live a more connected life, but you're not even sure what that means, no judgment. It is possible to feel excited about making changes to make a difference in the world every single day with your choices, to go vegan and stay vegan without feeling like you're missing anything, or to learn how to make good choices for the planet without feeling stressed. I help folks who are ready to make changes in their life that support their health and the world around them through supportive coaching, practical education, and steps that make you enjoy the process. If that's you, email me at consciouslycarly at gmail.com and let's chat. Back to the episode. <laughs>
1: I agree though with you, and just like worth worrying about okay decluttering it, or where am I going to put it, or moving this so I have enough space for it. I'm a huge and mm-hmm. organized organizational freak, so like I probably spend more time organizing than the average person. So that's why I also try to live like yeah minimalist lifestyle because of that. Yeah, my whole entire life would be spent just organizing, and then there'd be no quality to life of that. But yeah, I really think there's even, there's been also like psychological studies done as well. I am, I do geek out on a lot of abnormal psychology, so I love psychology, but there are emotional afflictions to buying stuff, just buying things. And there's emotional affliction, afflictions to buying things and to not buying things. And so, and like all of that stems from, well, really our ego and It's emotional. It's even if it's just revolving around a sense of void where it's like thoughtfulness or unthoughtfulness or just numbness, empty lack of emotion as well.
0: Trauma or mental health underlies a lot of our connection,
1: positively or negatively,
0: right? To things and to stuff.
1: Yeah. It's all I feel driven, you know, by that ego. And when I say ego, I do mean just your sense of self and like your identity. And Every choice that we do make in this lifetime is driven by our ego. And that's also a key, I feel like, to living that peaceful life that we all obtain is to separate from our ego. But that's all conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just being aware of that and being conscious of it and mindful of your ego and what is happening with your mental health, your emotional health. And when we do buy a lot of things, a lot of the time that is because of some type of like retail therapy. We have this joy economy we're living in where we just want that dopamine hits. We also have a lot of, they called it, what did they call it? Dopamine dressing, where we see it a lot in Gen Z, where we have a lot of fashion influencers and they're pushing these trends and saying, you know, certain outfits that you wear that you love make you feel good. And there is truth to that. but. That's getting really pushed to the point where you can still feel good and dress in an outfit that you love with an outfit that you have in your closet. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to buy something to make you feel good about yourself. You can still do that with the resources that you have. Mm -hmm. And we also have this crazy wash of materialism where it's just this excessive focus on just buying all these material possessions. And that often is also tied into these underlying emotional insecurities that we have. And it's just this pursuit of happiness, but it really leads to this dissatisfaction and more emotional distress. And then we also have like compensatory shopping where you are compensating for a void, like a lack of love, a lack of fulfillment, a lack of interest in your life. And so there's so many different things as to why we're buying it, but we never ask ourselves that question as to why I am buying this. And then if we're not buying it, then we have FOMO, this whole fear of missing out that the industry created. We That wasn't created by us. It was created right. by my and then we have low self-esteem and low self-worth whenever we don't have something they know that yes and and we have resentment then of people that do have it and we don't and so it's just funny because why are we defining our happiness our self-worth our esteem on materials on things and it's because of the marketing look at the marketing and it's them that are telling us through like Emotional appeal, and they have this emotional storytelling with each product where it it sparks emotion within us, whether it is love, happiness, excitement. Oh, we want to feel that too if we buy this. Mm -hmm. We also have social status where, oh, if you have the latest trend or if you have this bag, even a luxury bag, which the luxury industry also plays a huge part on like social status. And then we have symbolism and identity where people are forging themselves and how they want to perceive, be perceived in the world. With this brand that is offering or tricking you into thinking this is your perception, this is who you can become if you buy this. And so it's just it's absolutely insane how so much of this is kind of like in a sense brainwashed into us. Oh, a hundred percent, right? Like it's you can't even be you I try not to be too
0: upset with people who don't maybe necessarily understand it or want to hear that it's one, I didn't come out of the womb thinking about like late stage capitalism as a problem. Right. And two, like, why would you want to know more when you can be numbed out? Right. And get by. And that's what we're being encouraged to do. It's almost scary to think about all of those things, not being what they're supposed to be. But it's so maddening. You want to just, I I don't know. I'm saying we, you can speak for yourself. I just want to shake people sometimes. I'm like, your worth is so much better than all of this like stuff that I could care less about.
1: Yeah. And literally exactly what you said. I completely agree with and being able to be numb like that. Again, it just reminds me of the phrase ignorance is bliss. Mm. When you know why you do the things you do, a lot of that stems from trauma. A lot of that stems from very negative emotions that you have tried to avoid and suppress most of your life, how you feel about yourself, how you feel about your life, how you feel about your friends and family, and even how you feel about your future. So much of that and so much of the choices and the decisions that you make are to further numb you because it's just a distraction of you just putting in the work to find out who you actually are and why you're doing what you're doing. And I feel like that is really what society wants and the elites, the corporations, the ones that are in power, they want you to be numb. They want you to be controllable because whenever you finally do the work, do that self-work, heal yourself, become introspective, they're not going to be able to have that power over you where they're able to fill their pockets while you're entering, emptying yours, you know? And yeah, there's a lot of work that needs to be done and a lot of people. And so many of them are just afraid to dive deep within themselves to heal and really live a better life by doing so. But it's terrified to even begin it.
0: What do you tell people if they're like, okay, I get it. You have a point how do I detach from stuff? Like, how do
1: I start? What do I do? And that's another thing. Cause I was also so, mm. I was always so attached to things as well. Mm. Like inanimate objects, you know, I had an attachment there and attachments from what I've learned, just even on my own, just conscious journey and right. attachments aren't ideal, good or bad. Whether, yeah, whether the attachment is good or bad, we shouldn't be attached really to anything Mm. because our attachments are what hold us back, even if they're good. Being able to, again, separate from ego, which is our sense of self, how we identify is the best way to overcome these unhealthy attachments. Again, even if they're good, because no matter what it is, that attachment is always going to hold you In a certain point in your life, in your mental state, in your emotional state, because that's what an attachment is. It's attached to you in order to grow, in order to elevate, in order to expand, just in order to move forward, you can't be attached to anything that's counterintuitive. It's about that self-work, being able to dive deep into discovering who you are as a person, like what your purpose is on this earth, what your desires are to accomplish while you're here. So again, a lot of people don't want to do the work to do that. And they just mindlessly are on autopilot every day thinking, this is how my life is. When you have the power to completely change your reality and how you behave in the world, how people perceive you, how you perceive yourself, everything is up to you. And so many people think that it's out of their control when it's not. And that's one of the saddest things that I see. And I was like that too. So I get it, but it's sad.
0: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think you just described so beautifully the connection between raising your consciousness and stuff, right? And things and over pollution. And just like, I just keep coming back to the fact that we're like, we're, we just keep talking about stuff, right? Oh, like so much stuff. Stuff, but that is this connection and that detachment from the importance of that really is a level of consciousness. I think that, you know, I'm not perfect at it, of course, but even being able to entertain that idea totally changes then how you take in new things. Like how I look at bringing new things into my small space where I have only a limited amount of not only space, but energy. Now I yeah. feel like I've, I've changed am shifted in that way where I'm like, I think a little bit more critically before I really get anything into this space because it's more work.
1: Yeah. And just even the energy, also a huge energy person. So mm-hmm. I even know what you're talking about and just having these attachments to stuff, like these objects that really don't offer any benefits to our life. Right. It's, It just, it even takes the energy from you. And again, even if it is positive, but everything that you have that you need to be successful in your own life and at peace is already within you. It's all about, yes, (laughs) it's all about, Your perception and your perspective, that is your reality. Your reality is within your own mind, within your own self, and you have that power to be able to attach and then detach from anything that comes into your way. And even again, if it's like an object that is honestly no purpose, but you have it maybe because there is some type of memory tied to it. Say something does happen to that. Now you're going to be emotionally distraught because of that, uh. and it's going to take so much energy away from you and you know hinder your quality of life temporarily as you overcome this. But it shouldn't be viewed as something so upsetting and takes all of this energy from you when in reality, you can just focus on, oh, this was this did serve a purpose for me in this point of life, but I'm not going to detach my identity, who I am with that object and have it control me and dictate my emotions and my perspective and my reality in a sense. Yeah.
0: Copy, paste, retweet, whatever the kids are saying. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that perspective. And I just love, I've loved chatting with you because it feels like it's such a way to hold that idea that I've said this in the podcast at nauseam. Everyone's going to roll their eyes. But two things can be true at once, right? It's basic, but it was such a mind-blowing lesson I took from therapy over the last few years because it's just so easy to want to be like mad or self-righteous or here or here and just being like, you're in this industry that we think of that is not environmentally friendly. But you are doing what you can within that industry to push it in that direction. And you're having conversations about this. And I just love like continuing to show more and more stories about how all these different things can be true at the same time. And I loved what you said about being like, I had a political science degree, but I didn't feel like capable of talking about these things because I think so many people seem to be nervous to get into sustainability because they think they need to have an environmental background like to live more sustainably in their personal life. And I'm like, Oh no, no.
1: It's crazy because yeah, of course I was that person where I just felt so underqualified. I wasn't, I didn't feel educated in a sense on that topic. So it made me just lack the confidence to even not even raise my voice, even whisper about it. I didn't even want to do that. I'm just like, I am so not qualified, but also whenever you think about education as a whole, you're reading a book, you're studying papers, you're doing that just in a school setting, but education also occurs inside and outside of the classroom. So you are more than capable to pick up a book yourself, to do the research yourself. You don't have to have a professor yelling at you to do it, to read pages <laughs> eight through 64. Right. And it's something that if you are passionate about it, I've always said no matter what really happens in life, your passion will always be, will always outshine your doubt. It will always overtake mm-hmm. it. And is something that you will be able to really even fall back on when you're feeling despondent or disheartened, when you can remind yourself as to why I'm doing this in the first place, why I care, why I love this, why this is my passion. I'm always going to, you know, come out better on the other end because it's something that if you align, most people align their passions with their purpose. And if this is something that you feel you're meant to do, you're going to do it. And it might be a struggle getting there, but you're going to get there and you're going to be an amazing story for someone else that was living in your shoes that needs to have that little boost of confidence to do the same. So everything is achievable. You are capable. You have potential that you can reach. And it's just about the choices and the decisions that you make to get there. And you don't need, um, you don't always need help along the way. It's also great whenever you can accept that support, if it is offered to you, but you are capable to do that on your own as well. And it's just sparking that, you know, passion inside of you to fuel that fire. I am convinced. I think
0: I've, you've pushed my needle fully over that people that like get it about why they're doing it. Yeah. Because you are the second person I've interviewed for the podcast today. And there was a very similar couple minute conversation about how this person is connected to why they're doing making jewelry made of trash and why they care and what brought them there. And it just seems so interesting that, So many of these amazing people like yourself who are making waves in this world for a better world stay connected to why they're doing it. And I think it's just like listeners should take that to heart because I think it really is like a passion and a why. And being connected to that is like what pushes you through and pushes you above, not above, I don't want to say like it's a rat race, but like levels you up. Right.
1: It's really, it's also something I feel. So much of our decisions, yes, they're driven by ego, but they're also driven by fear. And fear is like the mind killer. It will stand in the way of anything and everything that you want to do. And it will stunt your growth. It will not help you elevate in any way, shape, or form. It will actually help you regress. So it's about overcoming that fear. And whether that fear or that limited belief was instilled within you, through family, friends within yourself, that's something again, that you need to be conscious of so you can heal and do that introspective work. So you can right. come out better and grow more on the other ends. And even just in terms of my own story, I felt so again, underqualified. And yeah. I, and even just as a model, since we were talking about stereotypes, I'm like, Oh my God, these people are going to think I don't even know how to read. They're going to be like, okay, what is she doing here? And with on my, on my journey, even through Miss Earth and my rigorous preparation for like interviews I would do for four months where I'd have to wake up like two in the morning to talk to somebody in Australia. And I'm basically being quizzed on my knowledge of the environment, and my platform and the change that I want to see in the world. So I had to be, I had to be re- read up on my material and I had to be like calm and collected talking about it. And, just know what I wanted to convey that message, what I wanted to send through, and even on this journey, the fashion industry, like modeling also frowned upon those types of competition which falls into like the pageant industry, and those two industries just well modeling didn't like pageantry, pageantry loved modeling so yeah, it was yeah, that type of relationship i was actually really afraid to tell my agencies about it because I knew that they didn't like it. And I also didn't like it either, but that's because I was ignorant about what those that industry actually stood for. But then whenever I did participate in it, I even had one of my agencies drop me for participating. So I even risked my career by doing F- it. F- F- I know. Right. And, and now wow. fast forward after I do it all, other agencies actually are encouraging it. Like they like it now. And I'm like, okay, They're well, like, I- it's trendy. People, yeah. we have to jump on the trend now. And I was like, I just, Paid a lot for that, like sacrificed uh, a lot. And, but I did it anyways, and I still did it. And I ended up finding a different agency that did align, you know, with my values as well. And it ended up being the best thing that I ever did because I ended up being the first American to win it. And I just, I do. yeah. And I learned so much just about myself. And, about my purpose in life and that I was capable to do it. And yeah, like I said, your passion will always be more powerful than your doubt. Yes. I love this. I feel like maybe we should charge for this
0: episode because it feels like
1: <laughs> <laughs> <You're> <laughs> right, it does. I need to show my therapist. Maybe she'd be proud of me, you know? Oh my <laughs> so- God.
0: I had therapy this morning. Look at us. <laughs> Mine was yesterday. There we go. Good for us. Good for us. I was going to say, is there anything that you want to share with
1: listeners that I haven't given you space to
0: do? I would
1: probably, I mean, we did cover a lot of stuff. I, yeah, I feel like we covered so much. I guess we can, I can mention that there are often times where people feel that as a consumer, just as an individual, there isn't much that they can do. And it is a lot about just the corporations that are at fault, which they are. And they are to blame for this and they lack the accountability for their own actions and that needs to change and i'm not denying that but the consumer has so much more power than they believe i just want everyone to know that within that power within themselves they have so much potential to make an impact and to make a change not just within their own lives not just within their community but worldwide and yes, we have to encourage these corporations to be held accountable through regulations, policies, implementation, EPR programs, which are great, which are extended producer responsibility programs where they are actually held accountable for their actions. Mm -hmm. But also everything always comes down to supply and demand. And if there is a market for it, there will always be a manufacturer for it as well. And if we do have these distributors and manufacturers just stop selling a product, but there's still customers that want to buy it tomorrow. There's going to be another manufacturer that just pops up out of thin air that's, Hey, I'm making these. And then they're just going to go buy them from there. It really is about elevating that consumer's consciousness mm. and hacks of what they are consuming. And that's it is their choices that are driving this industry because, again, it is all about supply and demand. And we find that within honestly every industry. Right. Thank you
0: for sharing that. I think it's a good reminder because it's so easy to be like, okay, you know, 1% of whoever that's creating 98% of the pollution, blah, blah, blah. Those statistics make you feel so disempowered. And yeah. so to remind people that it actually all plays a part, and again, two things are true, right? Like the individual can make a difference while also pushing those big corporations to not suck so much.
1: Yeah, and it's just the power of choice, and it's right. it really is it's incredibly powerful, and you are more than capable of being able to make that difference, and it's just knowing what tools you actually offer. Because again, that just falls back down into awareness and education and knowing how important a consumer is within this industry. And again, buying less but better. So all of the choices that you make when it comes to exactly the product that you are buying, when it comes to the company you're buying from and where what their transparency is, if they have a circular if they honor circular economy or if they have ethical manufacturing practices or fair trade labor, all of this comes down to your choice of what product you're getting and where you're getting it from. Right. And you just have that ability to make a difference just by literally a choice that you decide to make. And it's just, I want everyone to know that they have that power within themselves and it is up to us to be able to change this industry.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for all of those words. I'm like fired up. I know people listening are also going to be because it is nice to be reminded that there's something you can do.
1: Yeah, and there always is. And it's often a misconception. And so that's what we're doing out here. You and I, we're just raising our voices, trying to dismantle this preconceived notion that we are incapable when we truly are more capable than we really even know.
0: Yeah. Truly. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode of Consciously Clueless. And for that, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or tag me and share in social media. Share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. To get more resources, influence on topics covered, and bonus content, join the Consciously Clueless community over on Patreon at patreon.com slash consciouslycarly. And don't forget, if you need help living more consciously, let's work together. Email me today. See you next Wednesday for a new episode.